Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Justin, I just want to thank you in front of our entire audience for uh, getting my car inspected and cleaned today. Uh, you're welcome, sweetheart. Uh, I really appreciate it. It's the least I can do. Um, I will admit that I have an affinity for waiting in rooms. Really? While something is happening to like my car or whatever. I like when someone's like, just sit here for a while. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it, it will be done eventually, but I like that. There's like nothing you, you can do and they have your car so you can't leave. So it's pretty <laughs> chill. I like that. I don't mind it. Well, I appreciated it. I got to have lunch with a friend. Yeah, lunch with a friend. Yeah. What could be more delightful? <laughs> I know. What so. a treat. I just wanted to thank you publicly. My, for my that. pleasure. Yeah. Um. Do you know what we're talking about this week? I do, Sydney, but only because you shared the notes with me. Oh, okay. Um, we uh, tried something new recently, mm. a beverage. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought you were talking about our, our um, co, co-partnership, our, our cross-branded oh, uh, well, commercial I mean, episode, which is also new. So this in this episode, we're going to be talking about an alcoholic beverage, mm. Mama Wana. Mama Wana. Mama Wana. And uh, because it is also... A medicinal beverage. Oh. But because it is also, as I stated previously, an alcoholic beverage. Yeah. Uh, this is sort of a crossover of sorts with uh, Neat the Booze Cast, uh, which is hosted by my brother Taylor and my dad, Tommy, or my dad, Dad, as I call him. Yes. He, pref- <laughs> he prefers that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and they are going to go over like the... What they usually do. They talk about the history of the drink itself and, like, drinks you can make with the drink and, like, what it tastes like. It's and fascinating. What it's for. If you never yeah. listen, you're in for a treat. Yeah, it's a really great show. And it's, they're the gonna, saw, it's the Sawbones of Booze. Exactly. And this was a perfect thing for us to sort of both cover because it's it's booze. And, obviously, it has a long history because people like to drink it. But it also was a medicine mm. or is a medicine or is or thought of as a medicine. Is, yeah, you know, at medicine asterisk. So and that's a hard word to say. We are going to focus largely on the medicinal, the supposed, alleged, alleged, there we go, alleged medicinal properties um, and how we came to think of it as a medicinal beverage. Um, it is known as, depending on what website you look at, <laughs> the official drink of the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. Now, I found that confusing because we were in the Dominican Republic not too awfully long ago. And I thought... 
there was a different official drink that I accidentally ordered and then was informed I had ordered the official drink, mm. the Santo Libre. Yes. Which I was told by the bartender. Like yes. It's kind of like a uh, Cuba Libre, which is rum and Coke. Mm-hmm. This is rum and Sprite. Yes. 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 That's what it was. Mm-hmm. And it was very good. Yeah. I had several. <laughs> some some number. Of, I had some one, number. And I felt, more than one. I felt very like good when I ordered it because I was like, yeah. I thought it was the national. I thought this was like the national drink. But yes. then like then everything I'm reading about Mama Juana is like, no, no, no. This is the national well, drink. Well, maybe that's the national cocktail. Oh. Yeah, possibly. Mm. You know and this I mean? is like this the is national liqueur. Yeah. Uh, I, or maybe the DR is just cool enough to have two. Yeah, who knows? You know, maybe it's just it's just that simple. Um, either way, uh, and, and maybe uh, Taylor and Dad can sort that part out. Here's hoping. There you go. Um, so we tried Mama Juana when we were in the Dominican Republic. Yes. And we brought, so you can bring back to give you an idea, and I'm going to talk about like what it's made of and, and that kind of stuff. But like when you, if you want to transport it, one option is like, I like to think of it as like a DIY booze kit okay. that you can purchase. Don't you think that's a fair, yeah. you know what I'm talking about, the, Boo, the booze, way that we transported it. Yeah, booze fixings. Booze fixings? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's the bottle is full of all of the, basically like the herbal ingredients in it. And I mean, it looks like a bottle full of wood chips. There are, there's a lot of wood chips. Mm-hmm. There are other herbal ingredients. There are other dried spices and herbs in there. Um, but basically you take home this bottle of the dry ingredients and then you rehydrate them with alcohol Mm. and then you can, so it's like your own little DIY mama wanna kit. Um, the history, and I thought this was interesting. I started reading about the history of mama wanna and then I found somebody else saying like, well, that's probably not the history. That was probably like retrofitted on the drink mm, right? when it was popularized in the 1950s because that's like really where the story of the modern drink comes from. But then there's this sort of, and I don't know, like how do you, it's so hard sometimes to tease out because the, especially when we're talking about, I mean, this is something like like a beverage, which I it's mean. Not, it's not life and death. It's right. Not that, yeah, right. Like you can create this sort of like mythical story sure. behind it. And especially if it's meaningful to a certain community or culture or country or something like to, to people like connect with it. Like this is part of our sort of nat- national identity is like this is our thing. Kind of like West Virginians and pepperoni rolls. Of course. Like the like the we we know where pepperonis come from. But there's also it is also food steeped in mythology mm-hmm. because it's meaningful to us. Yeah. Um, I don't know which of these two stories is absolutely accurate or if like the people who made it popular in the 1950s created this backstory for it. What a lot of what a lot of the information around Mama Juana will say is that this actually dates back a very long time ago to the original inhabitants of the island of Hispaniola which obviously would eventually become uh Haiti in the Dominican Republic. That the uh Taino people who were the original inhabitants uh, created an herbal tea. And so it was a concoction made of the same dry ingredients, basically, mm-hmm. the herbal things that go into mamawana now, but it wasn't alcohol. It was a tea. Okay. You would steep it in water and drink it, yeah. like a lot of herbal teas. And so because it, it has this root as possibly as an herbal tea. Root. You get it? Yeah. <laughs> this root is a root. Um then it is natural that it would have this sort of like 
medicinal quality kind of tied to it Mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, it probably initially was thought to be a healthy beverage. Exactly. I have not been able to find an account of like, so if we really believe the story that the Taino people made the herbal tea that eventually would have alcohol added to it become a Moana, what did, what did they use it for? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. It seems like it had this sort of vague identity as like a general healthy drink. Yeah, you know? something to, to replenish your vim and vigor. Right. Like there are things that we drink or eat and we're like, that's healthy. And like, what does it do for you? I don't know. It's just like good for you. Yeah. It's healthy. I mean. yeah. Well, it's kind and, and like that might or might not be true, right? Like we all think drinking water is healthy and mm-hmm. it, water is healthy. It's good for you. You have to drink water, right? If you don't drink any water, you're going to get sick. Yeah. So you got to drink water. So like that's true. But we also all tend to think granola is healthy. Right. And I don't know that that's necessary. I mean, what's the granola? You got to yeah. give me more information. Is it full of medicine that you need? Because if it's like oats and raisins and like. Does it have a lot of sugar? Because the thing is, if it has a lot of sugar, it's going to be delicious and I'm going to want to eat it. Yeah. Do I also, <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. There's a granola encompasses a lot of things. So an herbal tea that was made of a lot of different substances, it was probably more of just like a wellness, like drink this daily it will maintain your, like you said, vigor, kind yeah. of like a tonic, general Ton- tonic yeah. kind of thing. Um, sometime in the 17th century, as rum was invented and in making its way around the world, uh, rum was probably added to a lot of things, right? Sure. Why not? Why not? Like, you've got it. You, you have something. You have something there. You have something that didn't have rum in it before. Maybe it could have rum. It could have rum in it now. Think about it. Uh, and so it ended up in Mamawana. Initially, that was sort of like the the alcoholic version, we think, was just the the rum with all the herbal ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, it would evolve and like its final uh, sort of iteration would have uh, rum and red wine and honey as well as the herbal base to the, to the liquid. Um, and throughout these sort of like changes in the recipe, it maintained the idea that it had medicinal benefit like that didn't go away now are you going to detail for me the some of these herbal components that are in there Mm -hmm. because i feel like you're kind of holding those cards close to your chest for the moment do you want me to go ahead and tell you them no i can tell you you. hey listen you're the you're weaving this tale you're the you're the tail spinner i know but i try to i try to take cues from you as i would like to know as a vessel for our audience i think it's distract yes i encompass all Mm -hmm. of them that's right I, i am legion and we would like to know. So uh, let me give you some ingredients. Um, a lot of these are herbal things that you may or may not have heard of. Um, one that you probably have is star anise. Mm-hmm. You know what that is? It's like a, it's a, I mean, it looks like a star. It's a little, I don't know, like a seed, pod. seed pod, I think. Mm-hmm. But it's it imparts that sort of like licorice flavor. Mm-hmm. It's used in a lot of baked goods. Another one you probably know are clove. Um, you've probably heard of that. There's a kind of basil in it, one species of basil. Um, there's a, uh, an agave leaf in it, um, species. There's something called princess vine. Uh, and then there are some other things that I wasn't as familiar with. A lot of these things would have been, would be native plants to the area. We also have to assume this is not like a fully hard and fast locked in recipe. No, that, and this is really important. So a lot of these ingredients that I'm, I'm naming, um, varied depending on where it was made because we're as we're getting into like the production of mamawana the beverage so like there was the herbal tea people started adding alcohol to it and then it became its own thing and people started making that 
everyone had their own recipe for that. And they didn't even, they enjoyed the rum version so much that they're like, they did like, um, they should have done with wild berry Fruit Loops where wild berry Fruit Loops are so superior to regular Fruit Loops. Mm-hmm. I made a push that they should just call that Fruit Loops and then call original Fruit Loops worse Fruit Loops. So this seems like that where like, we're not even going to mess with the tea anymore. This is now Mama Juana. We're wild about this stuff. This the is rum, Mama Juana. We're crazy for it. Uh, well, and I mean, that sort of did take over. Like, I didn't find a separate name. I, I kept searching for that. What was the name of the tea prior to it being the beverage Mama Juana? Right. I can't find a specific name for the tea, which which adds a little credence to the idea that maybe this backstory was retrofit onto mm, this mm-hmm. bottle of stuff. Like maybe like the the people who sold it later were like, yeah, it dates back to it, a, a long time ago. I mean, you know, but yeah. I mean, maybe it did. I don't. I don't know. I can't tell you for sure. Um, but uh, the also, I should say, like you can add stuff to it, and this has been some. The cinnamon has been commonly added to it. That's not necessarily part of the original recipe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the extra crispy. Um, <laughs> but like other things, like raisins get thrown in there, strawberry, molasses, and then, uh, like I said, there's some other uh, herbal ingredients that. I don't know, you probably haven't necessarily heard of, but would have been known to or thought to have various medicinal properties. A lot of these were thought to be like antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, that kind of thing. A A potpourri. potpourri. It really, it looks like a potpourri. Yeah. Like if you look at the bottle, like the bottle of stuff. It's a big pile of stuff that smells, that's potpourri, right? Right. It looks, it it is potpourri. That's what it looks like. When you give the gift to someone, which is what we did, we brought it home as a gift for Taylor, it looked like a, a, like we got you a liquor bottle full of potpourri. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you have to kind of explain why it's not just that because mm-hmm. then like if, if someone thinks it's peppery, they're probably not going to add alcohol and drink it. Maybe, yeah. but probably not. They might not. also think you're not the best gift giver. <laughs> why did you bring this? I got you a liquor bottle. It's full of full potpourri. potpourri. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's February. <laughs> <laughs> we really messed that one up. So, okay. So that that's kind of an idea of the different herbal stuff that's in it. And then, like I said, it became the beverage Mama Juana when um, rum, it can be uh, white or dark rum, mm-hmm. um, either way works, uh, red wine and honey are added to it. And that's because a lot of those herbal components have a very bitter flavor. Mm-hmm. And so you've got a lot of sweet stuff that you're tossing in there to sort of offset some of the bitterness of the herbal background. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And then people throw spicy stuff in there, I think, because it tastes nice. Um, so people thought that it had these medicinal benefits, and a lot of people like to consume it. I would say that the alcohol probably made people like to consume it even more. Um, and and it started to be used as, like I said, like a general tonic. It was thought to be good for di- for uh, digestion. Mm-hmm. That was a common usage. It was thought to be good for like colds and flus to combat congestion and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like the sort of stuff that's like vague uh, that a lot of health tonics are like they detoxify your liver and kidneys and, you know, stuff like that. Energy. Yeah, it gives you energy. Um, So nonspecific wellness claims, I Mm -hmm. would say. Um, So it was pretty popular. Um, But not, I would say we have still not even approached even close to like national drink status at this point. Um, A common thing that different families made in different ways at home, that was about it. Um, What really changed it, I think this is like a lot of things in life, was when people couldn't get a hold of it so easily. Oh. Uh, When all of a sudden there were restrictions placed on the sale of Mamawana is really when we start to see it 
take off as something that's really desirable and it and it starts to um have other medicinal properties attributed to it. Oh, like what? Well, I'm going to tell you, Justin. But first, we've got to go to the billing department. One of these days, I'm going to see one coming. Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McElroy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got in two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. 
I'm Emily Heller. And I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And we're the hosts of Baby Geniuses. We've been doing our podcast for over 10 years. When we started, it was about trying to learn something new every episode. Now it's about us trying to actively get stupider. And it's working. (laughs) Hang out with us and you'll hear us chat about... Gardening. Horses. Various problems with our butts. And all the weird stuff that makes us horny. That's so weird, all that stuff. (laughs) Baby Geniuses, a show for adult idiots every other week on Maximum Fun. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, tell us something we don't know. The following pro wrestling contest is scheduled for one fall. Making their way to the ring from the Tights and Fights podcast are the baddest trio of audio, the hair to beware, Danielle Radford. It really is great hair. The Brit with a permit to hit, Lindsay Kell. The queen is dead. Long live the queen. And the fast-talking, fist-clocking Hal Uplin. See, I can wrestle and be an announcer. Get ready for tights and fights. Listen every Saturday or face the pain. Find us on Maximum Fun. No ring the bell. So it's important to know that in the background of this next, like, chapter, um, the Dominican Republic had come under uh, rule of a, of a new um, dictatorial leader. Rafael Trujillo was in charge. And there were a lot of restrictions placed on, like, what people could do and where they could go. And it was a much—this um, was not the only restriction. The idea that alcohol sales were going to suddenly be restricted, uh, this was just, like, the tip of the iceberg. That's a whole other— which is, I mean, listen to historians about the history of the Dominican There's Republic. There's probably Don't other history podcasts. I'm not going to get into the. <laughs> this is outside my area of expertise. But you need to know this because similar to when prohibition happened in the United States and alcohol was banned, but then you see this rise of medicines that conveniently contain large amounts of alcohol, or you see the rise of something like bitters, which bitters were originally a medicinal beverage, mm-hmm. which I we, you know we're so sorry it has to have so much alcohol in it, but it's the only way the medicine works, and that's <laughs> only out of necessity, not because we're trying to slip booze into things because we all desperately want our booze back, right? And the government banned it, and we're all miserable. Um, so similarly, uh, at this in this time period, you see that Mama Juana goes from being this sort of like folk medicine that different people make in their own way to something very codified by a man named Jesus Rodriguez, who in the 1950s started really marketing mamawana as a distinct beverage, as an entity. And it was an herbal um, medicine that contained a lot of alcohol. And again, all of those properties that, that people- like you were giving like an <laughs> asterisk there, like a footnote, like it's a medicine. And then you look down the bottom, like in tiny print, like well, I mean, there were a lot of, and again, I, I would liken this to prohibitionary U.S. There sure. were there were lots of things lots of that, that, yeah. that people did that with. I mean, and if you think about it, this persists, right? Like NyQuil still exists, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's a medicine. There, there, that has there's a more Z-Quil these days. It's mm-hmm. just, they're just saying like, yeah, this is a knock you out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it. so like, and we, <laughs> there's so much moralizing around alcohol that we do weird things when alcohol's in stuff. Um, that's just, that's, that's part of the history of this. So medicine and alcohol gets tied up together a lot, I think, for this reason. 
So anyway, uh, he started marketing this herbal medicine that could, again, it could treat your flu, help your digestion, your circulation, clean out your blood, your liver, your kidneys. It was a cure-all. It was absolutely pitched as a cure-all. Um, and all of that came from the herbal component. Like, it was very clear. Like, we're not saying alcohol fixes you. We're saying that it's all this other stuff that it's in it that fixes you. But it was it was very common to use alcohol as a solvent for different substances. So, like, that wasn't wild to say, yeah, yeah I know this bottle's really full of a lot of booze, but it's just because that's the best way to, you know, uh, extract all of the medicinal properties from these herbs and barks and whatnot, okay? okay? And uh, he he also added a new angle, which was in addition to all the stuff that you already knew, because everybody was familiar, there was a cultural understanding of marijuana. In addition to that, it's also an aphrodisiac. Oh. And this was kind of a new sales pitch that had not really necessarily, other than tonics always were associated with sort of vigor, the idea that it specifically was helpful in the bedroom had not really been put forward until then. And so he started telling people, like, not only are you going to get all these benefits, but uh, I use something special in there. <laughs> and, uh, well, and that would be turtle meat. Oh, my. I so, did not expect you to say that. Yes, that that was the ingredient that would make it an aphrodisiac. Turtle meat. Yes, turtle meat. Mm. Now, later, and you'll find this mentioned that, okay, in some if, articles, some people would rumor it to specifically be sea turtle penis. Mm. And oh, that that yeah. is why specific, why would it be, why would turtles be tied to aphrodisiac? Well, it's because it's the penis. It's the penis of the turtle. Um, but I didn't, it, it really depends on what you read as to like, did he market it with the penis or did he market it with just turtle meat or did he, did he even say that? Or was that a rumor that developed and then he probably like ran with it because it was good for marketing? You know what I mean? That's All a, this stuff sort of evolves organically. That makes Shredder make so much more sense than why he's after <laughs> those turtles so bad, those poor guys. <laughs> He just wants their penises for his, his thing. I read somebody was writing like, why would a penis, why would a turtle penis be associated with, uh, why would it be an aphrodisiac? Specifically, why turtle? Like, I understand like genitalia, but like, why a turtle? And I, I guess sea turtle penises are very long. I can neither confirm <laughs> nor deny the relative length of sea turtle penis. I read on one article that they're like 12 inches long. I mean, so. honey, that's a number that I don't know how to react to necessarily. <laughs> that seems like a fine length for a sea turtle's penis. I um, I don't know why. And you know what? Honestly, Sid, all due respect, if I had seen 12 inches long in one article, I think I would have searched out another few articles just to see where everybody <laughs> else was at on that. I'm not sure I'm comfortable single sourcing the length of sea turtle penis personally. But I, okay. I know. Maybe I need to read. Should I Google sea turtle penis? Let's or? not. Let's not. I didn't. I can't See, have you on on a bunch of government lists. This show puts me in a lot of uncomfortable googling positions. I have ruined my TikTok algorithm with wellness uh, crap, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I Google things that then put me on lists. <laughs> I still get ads for cold plunge tubs like every day on Facebook because of all the stuff I lovingly research for you, our for listeners, you, our beloved. Um, yeah. So anyway, so that supposedly it had some sort of turtle in it, some some kind Tur of turtles all the way down some turtle substance. 
And <laughs> I don't think that's what that's about. I do not think that's <laughs> what that's about. I'm pretty sure that's not what that's about. Um, and he and there were stories, like a lot of these sort of medicinal things, like there was a whole story about how he would travel to certain uh, provinces in the DR specifically to get the very specific stems that you have to get to make this very, you know, sort of boutique uh, tr- traditional medicinal drink and then then this aphrodisiac property. And anyway, this made it much more popular than it was before. It grew from like, it was kind of like, you know how here in Appalachia, a lot of people have been making moonshine for a long time. And like the concept of moonshine was popular. Mm-hmm. It would be like if, you know how they make those like brand name moonshines? Sure, yeah. They're all over the place now. They're all over the place. And I, I don't know, maybe somebody out there buys them. Listen, nobody around here buys them because we don't need to. So we make our own. We make our own. That's just between you and me. But I'm. But imagine if one of those really took off, and like all of a sudden, instead of it being this sort of cultural idea of like moonshine that <laughs> everybody pe- has their own, it's all of a sudden Pepsi moonshine. Yes. Okay. This is kind of what happened. So this mamawana became like a big deal. And everybody wanted it. And then, of course, people continued to make their own knockoffs, but now they were based on this new version of it. And it would make you horny, was the thought. <laughs> Does it make you horny, baby? Yeah. Um, I mean, you drank some, Justin, so you tell me. It just seemed like regular. <laughs> now, because everybody— I'm not on trial here. I refuse. It just sounds like regular. Uh, because everybody started uh, drinking it and then making their own versions of it because, you know— you, it could help you in that department, and that made it very popular. Um, it also became restricted pretty quickly. Um, that uh, the the sale of it became something that could only be done by a doctor. So basically, you had to either get it from a doctor or have a prescription for it from a doctor, and then take your prescription for mamawana to a dispensary. I mean, like, really, we're talking about like a marijuana kind of situation here in the U.S. right now. No, mamawana. This is a mamawana situation. You would take your prescription to someone who produced mamawana, and then you would purchase some prescription strength (laughs) um, beverage, and then, you know, you could have it. It it was still popular. I mean, even with, like, you can imagine how hard it made it (laughs) to get. Oh, okay, yeah. All right, (laughs) that makes more sense. I, I was confused for a second. And now I'm right back with you. No, not that. Not that. It made it very difficult ah, to obtain. Okay. Yeah, that makes more uh-huh. sense. Because uh, you had to get it from starting the medical license. And I imagine I tried to put myself in the shoes of like. The doctor. The doctor. Yeah. Because I, and I, it's not hard. It's not a hard stretch because, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's not that's difficult. <laughs> I know, doctor. That's why I'm here. It's not hard. Okay. Just give me the turtle penis booze, please. Stop holding out. It must have been similar to the way I feel now that our state, West Virginia, has legalized medicinal marijuana, but not um, recreational marijuana. And so the only way you can get it is through a doctor. Now, I am not one of the doctors. Uh, Let me say this very clear before I have a line outside of Harmony House next week. I am not a doctor who is licensed to prescribe marijuana, so I am not someone who can do it. Um, But in part, that's because I just think it should be legalized. And so when someone sits down in front of me and says, like, can I have a prescription for this? It's hard. Like, I don't know what criteria for me to use because a lot of the data— isn't really great one way or the other. But I also just think you should be able to get it if you want it. 
I don't think we should have these legal restrictions on it anyway. Mm -hmm. And so it puts me in a really weird position as a physician to be like the gatekeeper for something that I don't feel should be gatekept. Mm -hmm. And so I don't, it's hard for me to cope with. I imagine a lot of the doctors at the time felt the same way. Like they probably liked Mama Wanted too. And they probably thought everybody should be able to get it if they want it. And I'm sure you couldn't do that. So who should get a prescription for Mama Wana and who do you have to turn away? And what on earth criteria do you, do you yeah. use to make that decision? Um, but when things are restricted, that usually does nothing to stop people from making them, buying them, using them, um, and uh, and wanting them more in many cases. Um, which is what happened. It became this kind of it, it. It sort of became bigger than itself. Mm. Uh, I think probably through its restriction, like, well, it must be very powerful if the government doesn't want us to have it. It's too, you're right. This is um, what are they hiding? What are they hiding? And uh, so it. It also through this period, it began to be known as uh, the baby maker. Oh. You could also ask for that. Could I have a <laughs> shot of the baby maker? Um, or El Parapalo, which means lift the stick. <laughs> Nowadays, I saw many articles refer to it as liquid Viagra. So if, oh. if that's not clear enough, I don't know if I've made it, now it is very clear, clear what this is supposed to do for you. Got it. That is what it's supposed to do. So obviously it was not it was not illegal for very long. And then it was legalized again and people sell it and we were able to buy some to drink there and then also buy a bottle of the the herbal ingredients. And this is pretty common. Like you can get it that way. A lot of places where you buy just the bottle of the, the wood, the barks and the herbs and the dried things, and then add your own rum, wine, and honey. And then I guess at that point you could add raisins or strawberries or, um, you want, you know, citrus juices, whatever other people like to add to them would be fine. I, I think it's interesting. Like, and people still do, by the way, make a lot of this outside of the ones that are sold. You can buy it in the DR. I also found several places throughout the U.S. where you can purchase it. Hmm. Um, not here in West Virginia. I couldn't find anywhere where you could buy it. I know our liquor stores are pretty good, but yeah, they don't have this. Um, and there are obviously ones you can buy that are, come pre-mixed, sure, where you don't have to DIY it. Like, it's not just the the hard ingredients. But it's fun. It's more fun the other way, isn't it? Everybody loves a project. It was fun. We didn't do it right, but it was, the idea was fun. <laughs> um, what do you mean you didn't do it right? It, it tastes, it did not taste the same as the one we, we drank. Yes. Yes. We um, should have left it to the professionals upon further reflection. I will say in case you're interested, I was trying to figure out where did the term Mama Wanna come from? Um, it comes from, uh, like this, this sort of the French origins of the English word demijohn into damajon. Um, it, it references the fact that the bottle it's usually served in is a large squat bottle with a short, narrow neck, mm. and the top is usually covered in wicker. And that's the kind of bottle you find a lot of mamawana sold in bottles that look like that. Um, and so, damajon. Eventually, Mama Juan, Mama Juana, Mother okay. Jane. Anyway, all of this is sort of how you get to this kind of iteration of what what the beverage is called, or you could call it the baby maker, or I guess the stick lifter, if that is your thing, or if you want to call it sea turtle penis booze. I'm betting people would know what you're talking about because there can't be too many. But, um, Sydney, the question on everyone's mind doesn't work. So, 
there are a lot of ingredients in it. And when, when people say that it does stuff for health, they're probably pointing to specific ingredients. Like a lot of concoctions have cinnamon. That's not part of the original recipe, but a lot of them these days do. And there've been a ton of studies to say like, does cinnamon reduce your blood pressure? And it's like a lot of herbal or supplement kind of things. Even if it does, you would have to take so much of it to like treat a condition that it's not really useful. Yeah. You know, it's not useful as a medicine. It doesn't not like mean- it's, it's so, you soak some, with rum for a while and then drink the rum and then it's antioxidant. Well, I mean, that's the other part of it too. Like you're drinking it in rum. So right. like, I don't know if, if we're talking about your, the effect on your blood pressure, or your heart, it's kind of a catch 22. Um, but, the, but that is where the like heart health and circulation claims come from. Um, people have always said red wine has antioxidants. There's a lot of mythology around red wine, right? Like mm-hmm. that was what we were all advised to do, drink a glass of red wine every night. And then they were like, no, don't do that. And then they're like, maybe do. And then some drinking is good and then no drinking is good. And we go back and forth on alcohol and red wine all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we all thought that since uh, Italians are so much healthier than us uh, Americans, it must be the wine. So I think that's where that came from. <laughs> oh, okay. That's actually kind of true. The Mediterranean diet. Just... I mean, but uh, but I don't know that, again, there's nobody out there recommending you drink red wine for antioxidant effects. Like, there's just drink probably a bunch of... somebody out there. You can't say nobody. There's, okay. We are not <laughs> saying that you should drink red wine all day as a way to antioxidize your body. Okay. Um, honey has always, right? Like, honey is in there. And I we've always said that the it— the Sawbones episodes about honey. Exactly. That it fights infection and that it treats inflammation and all this different stuff, that it can kill bacteria. And again, like, yeah, in certain applications, this is— this is actually true about honey, right? So there's some grain of truth there. But again, when you're dumping it in rum and wine and drinking it, it's not really doing much of that. Um, and then a lot of these other ingredients are sort of the same things you get with a lot of kind of herbal mixtures that have lots of different things in them. It's like the vague anti-inflammatory, antioxidant kind of claims. They'll detoxify you. Nothing that there's any studies to support. There's no hard science behind any of it. It's all like we did a study in a lab on two mice and we think it went well. And, you know, I mean, I, and I'm not trying to say, I'm not t- trying to degrade Why is any this science. researcher so sad? Their, mm. their wife just asked <laughs> about their day and it's like, I don't know. I didn't experiment on some mice. It didn't go well. It's, it's hard to say with some of this stuff because either it's never been tested or the tests that have done are so small and they're not done in humans. And so, or they're done in humans who are already taking something because they believe it works for them. And so then it's not blinded. So I have no hard science to say it does absolutely anything for you. It's got alcohol in it, so too much of it is bad. We know that about alcohol, right? Um, There is no evidence that it will help you in the bedroom. There is nothing that I can point to that (laughs) helps you with erectile dysfunction specifically or with general libido. I don't – there are no ingredients that that I have any science that says will do that. And I do not have any evidence that eating any part of a sea turtle will help you have an erection. So please, please, sea turtles are protected in the Dominican Republic. You're not supposed to kill them and eat them. Please don't eat sea turtles. And don't think you can just take the penis because that's immoral. So, there's, but I will say, with all that being said, you know, try Mama Juana. I've never tasted anything like it. Yeah, it was incredibly it is unique. unique. Yeah. And I thought the one we tasted there, I thought was really good. It was very sweet and spicy and floral and herby and 
I thought it tasted really good. The one we made at home was not that, but who who actually did the making though? I think my dad. Okay, maybe a little bit of corner cutting <laughs> might have happened there. A little, a little ramrodding over there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of our podcast. Thanks to the taxpayers for the use of their song "Medicines" as the intro and outro of our program, and thanks to you for listening. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much. That's going to do it for us. Until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. All right. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.